Welcome to Cardiff City Church Podcast. We're a Pentecostal church in the center of Cardiff, dedicated to bringing hope in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today as we listen to a word brought to us by our pastoral team. Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness that keeps running after us again and again. And we remind ourselves and we rest in your goodness today. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, it's my privilege to be able to bring us around God's Word now and I'd love you to have a Bible ready and uh, we're going to be looking together today at Romans chapter 8, a famous chapter. Uh, And as you do that, let me just say that I hope that you are keeping well in this challenging season. I want to encourage you to keep loving God and keep taking every opportunity to love others too, whether that's a phone call uh, or an opportunity, maybe even to write to someone. Let's keep encouraging each other in this time. Well, it's our last Sunday together to look at our Restorer series and today I'm going to be talking about being restored in eternity. And over the last few weeks, we've looked at a number of topics on Jesus being our restorer. He's the one that loves to renew and to make us whole. Uh, He touches our bodies. He renews our souls and our spirits. And whether he restores gradually or instantly or in eternity, he loves to make all things new. That is the very heart of Jesus. So we looked with Pastor Dominic initially at having a healthy theology of both healing and suffering. God loves to heal, but there is also the mystery of living with suffering. Uh, I also looked at the topic of praying for the sick and really making that a part of our daily lives, believing and expecting that God desires to heal. And then Pastor Catherine looked at the whole topic of God restoring us from hurts from the past. And then last week, Sean Reese reminded us that even in the midst of pain, there is joy to be discovered as we encounter Jesus again and again. And so I am talking about, as I said, being restored in eternity. We're reading from Romans chapter 8, verses 18 to 28. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we eagerly wait for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. 
We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, for your holy word. And we choose to submit to it. And help me now by your Holy Spirit as we consider these words. In Jesus' name, amen. So number one, we must recognize that there are present sufferings, present sufferings. Uh, we're living in an earth that is subject to the curse of sin. And uh, one of those results is that we will all experience ongoing suffering, some more than others. There is nothing balanced or fair about it, but it is a reality. And followers of Jesus are certainly not exempt. Uh, although the encouragement, of course, is, as Sean taught us last week, that we can experience joy in the midst of that pain. We read in those verses that we're living with three things, I find from this passage. Living with frustration, we're living with decay, and we're living with pain. Uh, first, living with frustration. In verse 20, it says, for the creation was subjected to frustration. You know, we have created some amazing systems in our world today to make life fairer, healthier, safer. Uh, for example, we can go right back to the 13th century when trial by jury was established in our law system. Or maybe we could think about the way that the railway system was created that allowed passengers to travel all around the country in the early 19th century. Or maybe closer to the present day, and very much in our minds right now, the creation of our National Health Service in the UK in 1948. And these systems that we've created, they are both wonderful and also frustrating because they don't work perfectly. People can take advantage of them. Uh, people can even destroy them. Juries have been influenced or bribed. Uh, trains have technical issues and there are cancellations. And uh, we still know today what late trains look like. Uh, or it could be that a hospital, hospital operation that you were due to have is delayed or there is an administrative error. We live with frustration. We also live with decay. In verse 21, we read that we live in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay. You know, our, our bodies peak at different points in our lives. Uh, for example, we best learn a new language, apparently at the age of seven. Um, our muscle strength is best at around age 25, but there is hope in case we're thinking it's all to do with those younger years. Uh, apparently, emotional intelligence is at its best when we are in our early 50s. Our vocabulary is best in our early 70s, and apparently psychological well-being peaks in its early 80s. So there we go, some encouragement for those of us who are a little more senior. But of course, people always buck those trends. Uh, I've been speaking recently to a man in our church in his early 80s who still runs several times a week. What an incredible example of someone who is living healthy. And it is important that we remain healthy in our lifestyles, but we cannot stop the aging process. 
after those peaks, our bodies go into gradual decay. So we live with decay. So we live with frustration and decay, and we also live with pain. Verse 22, the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. You know, every one of us experiences sickness, for example, at some point in our lives, whether it's an infection or a broken bone or a mental health condition, we all face that struggle. And of course, some of us live with ongoing conditions. And I know many Christians, maybe some of you even watching today, who have asked for God to heal that condition. You've received prayer perhaps on a number of occasions, but until this point, maybe with some improvements, the condition has not disappeared. And that's tough. And I want to say that I want you to continue to believe with me that God is our healer. And whether you experience that now or even in eternity, I want you to especially focus on the healer and not just the healing. And, uh, and that he would be the one that would strengthen you to carry on. And not only do we personally experience suffering, but we also may experience the, the premature loss of a loved one. And that is really tough when maybe someone close dies before their expected time. And many of us have had to grieve with that reality. Uh, I want to encourage you to keep asking and receiving God's comfort and to trust him with the mystery of why it had to be then, knowing that if they put their trust in God, that one day we will be reunited with them. So number one, we have to face the fact that there is present sufferings. Number two, we have future hope, future hope. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have already experienced some of God's restoration through the forgiveness of your sin before you were broken and crushed by sin, but now you've been saved from destruction and you've been repaired and given a new life. That is wonderful news for you and I to dwell upon again. And there is future hope because we will experience in the remaining days of our life here on earth something more of God's restoration. In verse 23, it says, we who have the first fruits of the Spirit, the first fruits of the Spirit. What does that mean? Well, as followers of Jesus, you and I can enjoy a foretaste of eternity. And how does that happen? Well, Jesus, when he left this earth, he said, the Father's going to send you a helper. And he sent us Holy Spirit. And so Holy Spirit is a beautiful gift to you and I, living inside us. For those of us who have put our trust in Jesus, Holy Spirit lives and dwells and wants to enjoy relationship with us. He's our companion forever. Paul says in Ephesians chapter one that Holy Spirit is the guarantee of our heavenly inheritance. And so I so, I so much want to encourage you to appreciate afresh the presence of Holy Spirit in your life. His presence will bring you comfort and peace and his power allows you even now to experience healing and provision and wise counsel and so much more. As well as the first fruits of the Spirit, 
there is a waiting that is needed with this future hope. Uh, verse 23 says, we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. And verse 25 says, we wait for it patiently. Well, sometimes waiting patiently is not always easy. My dad used to say to me that patience is a virtue and uh, few possess it, possess it if you can. Well, your future hope is that you will experience the full benefits of sonship, of being in the family of God. If you have submitted your life to follow Jesus, you have already been adopted into the family of God and you are a son or a daughter in his kingdom. And our future hope that Paul explains means that in heaven, we will experience even greater privileges as sons and daughters. And we will enjoy having a perfect resurrection body. Now, I guess many of us would be honest and we may not be happy entirely with our bodies. Well, guess what? Our resurrection bodies will be something to behold. In fact, when Jesus appeared in his resurrection body, the disciples didn't even uh, recognize him at first. So get ready for a beautiful, incredible resurrection body. And so, you know, I think it's good that you and I would actually long for heaven, long for that time when we will experience the full privileges of being his sons and daughters, when we will enjoy uh, living in our resurrected bodies. It's good for us day by day to long for that day to be united with him in heaven. So we've considered first our present sufferings and we're accepting of the fact that we live with frustration and decay and pain. But we've also looked at our future hope. Uh, our restoration journey includes being given the Holy Spirit to comfort us and we are to wait eagerly and patiently for the day when restoration will be experienced more fully with our resurrected bodies. Well, I want you to listen now to this beautiful song written by our worship director, Alex Davis. And in the song, he's acknowledging the trials and the storms of life, but he's resting in God's faithful and eternal love. Your thoughts are higher, Lord. Your ways are better, God, than I can fully understand. When I am wounded by the trials and storms of life, still my soul is safe in your hands. And there are things that I may never know, but this I know is true. Your love never changes You're faithful through the ages You are sovereign over all This is your promise to me You never leave me You are always in control Your love never changes There are things that I may never know, but this I know is true. 
Oh, your love never changes Faithful through the ages You are sovereign over all This is your promise to me You will never leave me You are always in control Your love never changes Never changes Never changes Wow. Thank you, Alex, for ministering those incredible words of truth. Your love never changes, faithful through the ages. You're sovereign over all. Well, just reminding us again, we're looking today at being restored in eternity. And we've read Paul's words in Romans chapter 8, and we've meditated on the reality of our present sufferings, uh, but also of our future hope. And uh, so finally, number three, I want to talk about our eternal glory, our eternal glory. You know, we see Jesus restoring our lives in different amazing ways, but the greatest restoration that you and I will experience will be in heaven, in eternity. I love the words of Revelation 21, uh, often read this, around the graveside of someone who has died because it speaks incredible hope for the believer that has gone to be with him. And in Revelation 21, it says, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. In verse 18 of our passage in Romans chapter eight, it says that we consider our present sufferings not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. You see, our experience of God's glory in eternity will cause our present sufferings to fade away from our memories. And God's glory, what is it? It's the ultimate experience of his goodness and his wonder and his presence and his power. And it's what you and I will experience. It's not just that we will see God's glory or that we will give God glory, which the Bible also talks about. But actually, God's word talks about you and I even sharing in his glory. Paul, in his first letter to the church in Thessalonica, says that we will share in the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And then Peter, in his first letter, says that when the chief shepherd appears, we will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. And so in eternity, we will experience his glory. Uh, that's ultimate restoration. Um, and so I, I want to encourage you that that day is coming soon. We don't know exactly when it's coming, but we should wait with expectation that one day we're going to experience his glory. I want to also end with the, the words of the final verse in our passage today, Romans 8, 28. We know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. You know, God's plan day by day is for your good. And that includes today, 
includes tomorrow and includes eternity. You know that even now God has a plan for you in eternity. You're not just going to be sitting around playing a harp. You are going to have a fantastic God-ordained purpose in eternity. And that's something to be excited about. You know, if you follow Jesus day by day, he will continue to restore you now here on this earth like a master craftsman working uh, a piece of art that needs to be beautifully renewed piece by piece. He loves to do that. And I also want to say to those of you who've never committed your life to follow Jesus, he wants you to come to him now. And I would love to pray for you in this moment. I'd love for you to have that opportunity to make a decision to follow him. And if you know that maybe your life has drifted away from following Jesus and you want to make a meaningful decision to recommit to follow him, then you can also pray this prayer with me now. So speak these words out loud if you can. God, I come to you now, recognizing my life is broken. Jesus, your son died on a cross and carried the responsibility for all my sin. Please forgive me. I make him Lord of my life. I put him in charge. I believe he rose again. And now you want to restore my life piece by piece. And even though I'll have present sufferings, I have a future hope. And one day in heaven, I'll experience eternal glory. Amen. So let me remind you again what we have looked at today in being restored in eternity. First, we acknowledge our present sufferings, that it means that we have to live with frustration. We have to live with decay and we have to live with pain. And some of that is hard for you and I to honestly deal with on a daily basis. But I want to encourage you to continue to hold on to God, the healer, the one who loves to restore. And uh, even if it means you have to wait until eternity to experience that full restoration, don't give up. Hold on to the one who is the healer. He is the one who will continue to carry you through. So number one, there is present sufferings. Number two, there is a future hope. And uh, we can expect that with that waiting for eternity, that Holy Spirit has been given to us. And I want to encourage you to keep developing your relationship with Holy Spirit. He lives in you. He wants to enjoy fellowship with you. That is the most beautiful thing. And, uh, and in that waiting, it's, it's actually good to long for heaven. Whether you're 21 or 91, longing for heaven is a beautiful and good thing. And that day could come at any moment. We should eagerly expect and await that day when Jesus will return. And then thirdly, we have an eternal glory to look forward to. You know that uh, when we go to be with him in heaven, then we will get to share in his glory. We'll receive a reward, an inheritance. And uh, that means that we will be given a special task to do. And so it's something to be excited about. And we know that God is actually working together everything for our good. And so you can trust God that for today, for tomorrow and in eternity, his plan for you is good. The enemy may have a plan that's for your 
destruction, but God's plan is for your good. Keep holding on to God and uh, believing and asking him to break through in different areas of your life. So God is our restorer and he will restore you in eternity. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. To find out more, visit our website at citychurchcardiff.com or find us on social media.